Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm here with Craig Gould today. He's the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Welcome today, Craig. Thank you, Father Brian. It's good to be here. Today we have a very interesting topic. I don't think it's a topic that's talked enough about and reflected on, but it's the understanding of personal vocation that every one of us has a personal vocation. It's been some, something that the last few popes have talked about. Craig, what's your understanding of personal vocation? You know, for me, Father Brian, personal vocation is that God, when creating me, had something in mind, a purpose and a mission, and gifted me for that purpose and mission, for God's wider kingdom to contribute, not only for my benefit, but for the benefit of the world, for God's own kingdom and, and how he created it. And and it's in that discovering of that call that I discover more of how God made me and also how God wishes to know me and how I'm intimately connected to God. Yeah. What would you say? What, what's your understanding of the history of the term? I mean, where did it come from? It seems kind of a new term, that kind of a new language that's being spoken of more frequently. Right. So I think our language of vocation in general has long roots, but this idea of personal vocation, as far as I understand it, really introduced by St. John Paul II, and talking about how you know, he had a great gift of starting with the human person to be able to reach in and discover what God is saying to us. And that history of beginning with what is the personal call, what's the personal vocation, of every individual created. And then, of course, the move into the universal call to holiness that we that we have through the Second Vatican Council. And we just begin to unpack more and more what does that mean for me as a person to have a vocation, not just relegated to a specific part of the church, but for everybody. What does that mean? Right, so even with the call of the apostles, that as much as Peter and Andrew were called at the shore, but really just those words, they just transcend to every person. Where Jesus' words are, follow me. And that's going to look different different for each person, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's the initial call for everybody to be a disciple, right? That's the universal call of holiness that we all share. But then as you move through that call to holiness, there become the particularities and the uniquenesses that God has gifted each of us with. And so much of our lives, I think, we we can hide back behind the, well, you know, I'll just be, I'll be holy and I'll, I'll do these things. But God has a particular call for each of us. And when you get into the universal call to holiness, ironically, the more you discover the particularities of what God has for you, that's not for everybody, but really for me as Craig and you as Father Brian and, and each one of us. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Keep talking about that. It's something that I think we it's really misunderstood, both internally within the church and I would say externally. You know, externally, people look at Christians and think, oh, well, the more that you come into your faith, the more you become a Christian, the more you lose who you are really yourself, okay, right? right? You have to let go of really who you are and you trade it in for all these other things. And, and the opposite is actually true. And unfortunately, in the church, we can begin to buy into that mentality as well, that the more we do these things, the more we lose less of who we are, the more we 
grow in discipleship, it more means the more we become just like everybody else. And actually the opposite is totally and completely true is that the more you discover this God who created you, the more you realize, and God has gifted me in a particular way. Now the universal call is because it's a gift for everybody, right? It's to the holiness of myself, for the church, for those around me, for God's kingdom, not my own, but God's. But there's a particularity, there's a uniqueness to my call that God designed and asked for me. And there's such beauty in owning and celebrating that uniqueness. Which is interesting because, I mean, in some ways we have a message for the world, for every Absolutely. person. It's one thing to grow up and say, what am I going to do today? How am I going to spend the weekend? It's another thing to say is responding to a call, responding with gifts that are God-given. I mean, it, it, to me, it, it, the element of having a kind of seeing things in 4D, you know, this right. 3D living in 4D has right. the transcendent or the, the supernatural dimension to our yeah, life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, going off of the analogy you just said, you know, that, that high definitions, we all have high definitions televisions now, and <laughs> they show all of the imperfections and the perfections of the human person. And that's the amazing thing. When you see through the eyes of faith, through God's gift of who you are, then you begin to see those uniquenesses and those perspectives that you, you didn't see before, and it was bland before. You know, we've moved as a humans in communications we've moved from black and white to color tv and standard definition high definition and to me that's moving into that that same sense of holiness right you might see beginning in black and white and things kind of look Asian, and then all of a sudden it's oh color oh that's another dimension and then there was <laughs> definition and oh you but and now we have high definition we really see into that you know and that's the move into our life of holiness the closer we get to the lord the more those uniquenesses become apparent and the more we just are blown away by them. Yeah, it is fascinating. And it's exploring. And, and frankly, it's, it's not a navel-gazing. It's not turning in on ourselves, but it's turning to the Lord who looks at us with love that draws us out. It's kind of like the diamond that reflects a, a light in a very particular way. That's right, yeah. And all the diamonds, you know, if you've ever, I know from, for me, as I was going to pick out an engagement ring for my wife, it was the first time I ever learned about diamonds, right? And they have all these different things that make them unique, and there's four C's, and you got to go through all those things, and, and that, but it, it's all because it reflects the beauty of the light, right? And that's our lives. It's, we're a beautiful reflection of what the Lord has created, and each of us has a piece of that reflection that the Lord is, is binding together, you know? Yeah, no... No two saints are alike. No two no. Uh, Catholics, Christians are alike. That no, whole mystery. And since we're all called to be saints. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which can sound intimidating, which we're going to get to <laughs> in a, in a yes. moment. Yes. But, yes. I, but I would say this. Let's go just do the overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times when I grow up, I remember the sense of whenever you talk about vocation or does that person have a vocation, ah, it's usually connected to, ah, are they called a priesthood? They call it a religious life. Right. So give kind of this fuller understanding that personal, name some of the categories that falls under your discerning, your personal vocation. Sure. So certainly the married state of life, right, is a, is a way you discern your vocation. But even broader than that, just those are states of life. What's the state of life that I'm called to live in and live into? But even when you go into, further and deeper into that is, well, then even in the state of life, how am I called to live maybe in a professional sense? So for me, I'm called to the married state of life and have a lovely wife and children. But then I could have had a job in any number of different areas, right? But the Lord called me specifically to lay ecclesial ministry. That was my call. I have very good friends who are living a beautiful state of married vocation. And some of them are accountants. Some of them work in an auto body shop. Some of them do gardening. There's 
these particular ways in which we're called to live. And our holiness has to invade each of those areas. So it's not just how am I called to be holy as a father and a husband, though certainly so much of who I am flows out of that, but it's how am I called to live that holiness in every area of my life in which I live, in particular, the job. You're going to spend a lot of your life hands in the field to the plow, right? Whether that's as an accountant or a tax preparer or, or manual labor, so many of these areas, that's some of the great, and the discovering what does that look like? What does yeah. holiness look like at the office? Yeah, that's a great prayer, whether a person's a teacher or a principal or whether someone's a lawyer or works in a business or someone works at, uh, in retail. That would be an interesting prayer for every person in their own vocation. What does, a holy, what does it mean to have the love of the Lord and the joy of the Lord? What does yes. it mean to be a person of faith in those circumstances? I know sometimes people struggle or, you know, there might be certain industries where, where language is much more colorful and it's <laughs> yes. much more accepted. And they're like, yes. how can I be different? Or <laughs> we're an experience where it's a very negative environment yep. and that experience of gratefulness and, and not going, getting into the muck of things unnecessarily. That's right. I remember one summer when I was in high school, I was working as a laborer in a construction company and we were building houses. And much to your point, the language was very colorful in that (laughs) environment. And here I was, a young guy amongst guys in their 30s and 40s. And but it was amazing the presence that I could be as a listening ear to those guys in their 30s and 40s. And that was a ministry. That was the ministry that the Lord had called me to, even for that brief period of over a summer as a 17-year-old high school kid. That was an area of ministry for me, and the Lord called me to that. Wow, and how God can use that. Craig, it's what a great blessing to really just explore more deeply what is God asking of me in my particular in vocation, whether it's a state in life, in a time of discernment, if you're a single person, right. if a person who's, uh, who's married and, and in a particular job, a doctor, uh, in healthcare, in, in the education field, in doing summer camps, right. what is God asking me? And I want to be a witness of this. What does it mean to be a witness of the love, of joy, of faith yeah. in that particular environment? The Lord can do a lot, lot with that. Amen. It's it's blessing having uh, Craig Gold. He's the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Uh, When we come back, there is more about personal vocation. So we'll be back in a moment. May God bless you. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Pope Francis has invited young economists and entrepreneurs around the world to help create what he called a new and courageous culture that finds new ways to do business, promote human dignity, and protect the environment. The Pope said we need to correct models of growth incapable of guaranteeing respect for the environment, openness to life, concern for the family, social equality, the dignity of workers, and the rights of future generations, according to Catholic News Service. The initiative will be launched at an event in Assisi, Italy in March of 2020. The Pope said the aim is to promote and build a different kind of economy, one that promotes life and not death. For more on this story and others, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have the Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. 
Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan, a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We're here with Craig Gould. He's the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. We're talking today about this supernatural understanding of what is God asking of me in the sense of following me, and what does that mean for my life? So welcome back, Craig. Thank you, Father Brian. So we talked about the broader understanding of personal vocation. I remember reading a book by Russell Shaw and Germain Gerzé. They were the ones who, or for the last 25 years, Russell Shaw has kind of been pounding this pavement and taking John Paul's words. And also Pope Francis, even just the other day, he was speaking about this in Bulgaria, where he talked about living out your personal vocation. So this is an understanding. So there's at least four understandings of personal vocation. There's the call to holiness that we're about to dig a little bit more deeply with. There's a person's state in life. You know, are you called to marriage, priesthood, or religious life? There's your occupation. Where are you working, and how can you be a witness of life and joy uh, and love and and faith in that area? And finally, it's discerning. What is God? There's a uh, dynamism. What is God asking of me? Let's go back up to the, the call to holiness. Now, for a lot of people, it's intimidating. What do you say to them? Right. I say, don't start too big. So much of what is intimidating is because we grandize it and we make it really large, you know. But if we do the small acts of love, as Mother Teresa talked so much about, St. Therese Lisieux is so fond of writing of, those small acts of love are the places where we discover this beautiful call to holiness. And we get intimidated when we think it's so big and I couldn't possibly, and holiness is just for saints and for other people. But really, God has empowered you. The sacraments are empowering. The gift of the Holy Spirit is empowering. Your baptism has empowered you. You have the ability to do these things by God's grace. But they're small things. Do the small things. And soon the small things become the big things. Because for those, because the Lord says in Scripture, I have entrusted you with small things, and you have shown yourself faithful. And so now I will entrust you with more. It's a parable of the talents. Right, right. right? So the Lord has entrusted you to start with small things. And then those things will become bigger. And soon enough, you're holy. (laughs) And sometimes even substituting the word holiness from faithfulness, 
Be faithful to God. Be faithful to others. Mm-hmm. If you're married, be faithful to your spouse. If you're if you're working, be faithful to what God is asking you to do and your responsibilities. I know sometimes for some there's a temptation to uh, Pope Francis is one of the great words he's used is we're called to accompany every person where they are. Mm. So the person who's furthest away from God or church or called to accompany people where they are. But I remember also the there's kind of a twofold we're called to accompany people, but it also invite them to the call to conversion. Mm-hmm. which is ongoing, which, which has a, a definite understanding, but then it's also lifelong. And I remember just thinking, there's something freeing about it, that no one's, no one's outside of that box of this invitation to conversion. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. We invite them as we're along the way to conversion. Yeah. Right? Right. Come and That's join right. me. That's right. Because I'm going there too. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying yeah. to get there. That's right. Yeah. And I don't have it figured out, but I am going. That's right. And that's important that the fact that there is a destination, right? right. That there is a place we're moving to. Yeah. We've got to keep that in front of us. But then we invite others to join us along the way and yeah. say, let's be companions together. Yeah. We'll accompany each other. Yeah. That's wonderful. The, the other thing that I've noticed, too, is sometimes in the life of called a conversion, the call to holiness to follow him, sometimes it mean it does mean making choices. I, I remember I had some friends who were in the music industry, and they had some, some, some decent success, and they were going around, and they got an offer to do a movie. And they were going to do all the music for the movie. They were offered full to do all the music for a movie that, that came out that was a kind of a, a relatively big-name movie. Wow. And they read the script, and they said... I don't think I don't think we want our music kind of represent this the kind of the lifestyle the the woman was living and things like that and they're like I don't, I don't think we want that to be and they passed on it and it took a step of faith I remember just right. saying like that's the call to holiness of like that you're not going to do any and all things just for fame or fortune or recognition right. that wow that took discernment to really say yes. Lord I want to follow you but I don't think it's in this way yes. Yeah, and that is the power of witness for us on the road to conversion, right? And we have a great history of saints, great and small, who have turned down wealth and riches. And the church is full of those stories. And really is. There's a reason that Jesus spoke so much about money in his stories and his gospels, right? And we're faced with it even now today is the devil does put before you the whole world and ask you to to offer to it, you yeah. know, and God's call for holiness for us, that discernment is, yet will you choose the narrower gate, right? Right, And that's hard. And I don't think you get there unless you practice discernment, which is really practicing to listen to the voice of the Lord. Yes, You've got to invite the Lord into those opportunities and say, Lord, here's this thing, but, and we all make choices, right? Yeah. We're going to make a choice. The question is whether or not you invite the Lord to be part of those choices. That's right. Do you invite the Lord in when you're having to decide between A and B? Right. When you're having to decide between what college do I go to? Mm-hmm. When you're having to decide even, Lord, should I try out? You know, I work with high school kids. Should I try out for this team? Am I going to give myself away to this team? Am I going to make this commitment? And will I be faithful to it? Everybody's got choices to make from the small to the large. And when we practice discernment, we get better and better at hearing the voice of the Lord. So how do you, since that sense of it is the call of following God is dynamic, how do you know the Lord's speaking to you? And what kind of things can every person grow in knowing and knowing the voice of the Lord, hearing the voice of the Lord, and responding to it? Yeah. Well, we have the the classic ways in which we do discernment, which is this thing. Is it true? Is it beautiful? And is it good? Right? Great questions to ask about something that we're thinking about engaging. And, you know, your friends who are thinking about that movie, they're saying, I don't know if this movie is good. 
Yeah. Right? I don't think it's good for the person. I don't think it's good for people. So we have those classic ways. I do think another thing for us is to allow others to enter into the discernment with us. Yeah. And that's part of the insight of our Catholic genius mm-hmm. is that really the, there's communal discernment as well, that other folks can speak into our lives. And the communion of saints offers us insight, and not just the communion of saints of those who went before us or those who come after, the saints and men and women who sit with us even now. And whether that be the family that God has given us who can speak into our lives, right? right? Or whether that be a trusted pastor or a friend or a small group leader or peers we have that have demonstrated a love and care for us. That's right. To allow other people to speak into our lives, that's, that's one powerful way to be able to do discernment. Right, to be able to hear the voice and discern the voice because sometimes the voices can say the eye. You know, you might have some family members say, do this, and others yes. say, don't do it. You'll hate it or whatever. Or that yes. would be the worst thing in the world. And, right. and what do you do in those circumstances? I think something that Pope Francis has turned us on to is where have you found joy? Where is the Lord speaking to you through joy? Pope Francis uses joy a lot for us, and he obviously uses discernment a lot. I went to Boston College, and the Jesuits have done a, a really good job over the years of cultivating discernment. So that sense of joy. Now, joy is not happiness, right? There's a distinction in our in our history of our church that we make, and, and particularly because joy comes from the Lord. Happiness comes from the world, and I, I never can get to the end of it, right? It's, mm-hmm. I'm always searching for more and more happiness because I always want more. But part of the discernment, I think, is also where do I find joy and where do I see my service brings others joy? Because when you start to think about just yourself, questions about just your own fulfillment, I would say, I would caution, they're not usually from the Lord. If it's just about your own joy, questions from the Lord and Scripture are usually about another person's joy. And it's what you're called to do, how you're called to give your life away. Does it become for the good of the other? It is interesting, specifically when they talk about charisms, like gifts, there's the gifts of the Spirit, and there's charisms. People have the charism of hospitality or administration or service or encouragement or uh, leadership and teaching and music. And in that sense of their gifts given for the good of others. Exactly. Yeah, and that's an authentic uh, sign of that. The other question that that I found, Cardinal Newman, who's about to be canonized, a saint in a few short months, his famous words, God has created me to do him some definite service. He's given me some task that he's not given to another. I remember first reading that saying, like, wow, that is life-changing and seeing that in his yes. life and seeing how it applies to each one of our lives. Yes. I, I remember also realizing there is a call to, it's a word we don't use enough, but it's magnanimity. Magnanimity means large-heartedness, meaning sometimes while God can use people to do behind-the-scenes work and to do, again, little things with great love, Sometimes he, he does ask us to make, to make some bold steps forward, or whether it's bold or steps that really have a, have a greater effect for others, for those who are called to it. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was dating my wife and my now wife at the time, we were boyfriend we and girlfriend, and, but we were in a process of discernment, you know, and Lord, what would you like to do? And I remember that the call from the Lord came that I was just called to love her. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, right, 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 right. it's the most simple and complex thing I've mm-hmm. ever been asked to do by the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I did. I just loved her. Now the love ultimately led to a huge decision. Right. To love her then was to marry her and then to be faithful to her. Yes. And now we have children in this beautiful life together. Yes. But the call remains, was to give myself away 
And every day I love my wife. That's right. And it's it's the most amazing gift I've ever been able to give. Yeah. And I've known the Lord better through it. Yes. Not just my wife. That's right. And even how beautiful in the love your wife might be, do the dishes tonight. Yes. <laughs> you know, it could be that concrete. Or Small acts of great love. Or take out the trash. Do yes. those little things. The last thing I'd like to leave you with is there's a book that I know that you've used called Unrepeatable yeah. by Luke Burgess and Joshua Miller. We don't have time today. Maybe there's another time we could talk about it. But it's especially about discovering your personal vocation and, and the great work they're doing uh, specifically through Catholic University in, in this area in Washington, D.C. What a great joy to be with you, Craig, and to come in here. So I have to do it another time. Craig Gould, the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry, keep up the good work and the, and the work in the Lord, especially helping with our young people and young adults. Many blessings on all of our listeners. I'm Father Brian Owen for Catholic Baltimore. May God bless you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.